Hey, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow. I'm a film fanatic and filmmaker, and I'm joined by my best friend, Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Chief? I'm good, man. <laughs> good. I'm excited to do this. A fellow film fan and film uh, maker as well. Episode two. Dead number two. Uh, dead number two. <laughs> dead number two. We started the podcast with our top ten films of all time. Thought it was a good way to get to know us. And now we're going to gonna make it a little smaller and do top 10 of the decade, the 2010s. Do they have like a name? You can't be like the 10s. I, I've thought about this for a while. I don't know what they're calling. Can't, can't, call, yeah, can't call it the teens. You can't call it the teens. So we'll just, yeah, top 10 of the decade. I promise not every episode we do is going to be a list. Yeah. <laughs> but I figured it would be a good way to kind of jump in. And episode one, you get a really good overall taste of what we like. This, you're going to get more what we like in terms of contemporary cinema. So, um. You want to start again? Start first? Yeah, sure. Number 10. And I'll just say, too, about oh, making ahead. this particular list. Mm, mm. Um, th- this particular list is interesting because, um, y- you know, I mean, kind of doing your top 10 of all time, it's a, almost a little bit easier. Yeah. But to kind of, like, rifle through all the movies that came out in the past 10 years and and really kind of decide for yourself what were the ones that I really loved. Right. And I, I was surprised with a lot of my my answer my answers, and I was sort of like, wow. This one was harder for me to make than the all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was it, a lot of flip-flop. You really come face-to-face with who you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, when you take this shit as seriously as you and I do, yeah. it's, that might sound like grandiose to some people, but it's true. We take this shit yeah. really seriously. And one thing I wanted to say is that for because we know each other so well for our top ten of all time, I kind of knew what some of yours were going to be. You knew what some of mine were going to be. These we're going in blind. Yeah. We do not know what the other person has. Um, we can kind of infer based on conversations we've had, but yeah, let's jump right into it. Number ten. All right, number Start ten. It off. So this was uh the number ten for me, a star is born. Mm, I did not see that coming. Yeah, this Fucking was a. this was one um that I had a very, very hard time figuring out what my last one was gonna be. I was torn between three movies. Okay. And I um and I ended up going with this one because when I really thought about it, the experience I had in theaters watching this movie was one of the most um, emotional experiences I've ever had in yeah. any movie ever. Yeah. From the opening shot of watching Bradley Cooper come out on stage. Yeah. The way the camera is following him. And we're getting to see, like, you know, who this guy is. Yeah. And then meeting Lady Gaga, to me, that first 30 minutes of that movie... Very well put together. ...is electric. When does that 30 minutes end to you? Like, after she's singing Shallow in the parking lot, or or um, performing Shallow on stage? Uh, dude, performing Shallow on stage, I cried. Oh, God, I immediately. I I've seen it four times. I've cried every time. Because you're just... seeing a woman, you're literally, yeah. a star is born yeah. in that... In moment. that moment, and now that it can go viral because of you know everyone's got phones, it's like she's literally becoming a star right yeah. here. I can't say exactly when because because, and I think that's part of the movie too because the electricity is what kept me for those first thirty minutes. It's like a pulse. It's yeah. like a pulse, yeah. but then the electricity does start to fade away because, well, they start they collapse. They, it was yeah, in particular. So yeah. it was kind of perfect formation for that, but um. The generosity between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga working together was it was incredible. I I I I just was like, those are two actors who are there for each other, and it's beautiful to watch. Number ten for you, Rustin Bone, two thousand twelve, Jacques Odiard. Um, what a hard movie to get through. Yeah, and I like the pain. I like to dig down in the pain, and that 
Marion Cotillard, uh, I, I, I should think more before saying this, probably my favorite female performance of the decade. I like movies. There's going to be a lot on this list. I'm looking at my list that understand pain. And that yeah. one really fucking does. It's a very unique love story. I love that it is about two broken people, two animals. And the only thing like keeping them together is just the muck and shit, the rust and bone of the world. Those last 15 minutes from Oof. going out on the ice with his son to the end with Bonnie Bear coming on. Uh, chills every time i yeah i yeah, I, right I, I love it i love that movie great pick. love it yeah number nine nightcrawler i'm not i did not expect these but these are all yeah, okay this is really cool it's it's very very interesting can you believe that came out in 2014 it's, six it, years six ago years it seems ago. like last year it does it, i i actually couldn't believe when i was going through the yeah. list and i was like oh this was 14 what a, what an amazing film debut too. his first <sighs> movie gilroy dan gilroy dan gilroy and um what I really loved about that movie was that the way that the characters spoke to each other in terms of behavior. Yeah. The scene where Jake Gyllenhaal is talking to Bill Paxton outside and he yeah. goes, you make me want to grab you by the ears and scream in your face. Right, right. People don't talk to each other no, like that. No, they don't. But if you think about it, it's the most honest way to communicate. Yeah. You make me want to do Right. X. So now we need to fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, and favorite Gyllenhaal performance, I think, um, of all time for me um, but yeah, yeah. I like Jack Twist, but I think I'd probably have to go with him. The, the I think loneliness, I'd have to go with Night, Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. I just loved everything about this movie. Great call. And I heard he modeled himself after like a coyote. Yep. To try to get yep. to lose the weight and stayed up mm-hmm. at night. Great call. Number nine, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Scorsese. I did it. I, I knew this was going to be on your list. Pro- I mean, let me think. I, I keep making these big statements. Right up there with the fastest three-hour movie I've ever seen. Number two might be Casino, also Scorsese. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street cooks. It, th- there's no way that thing's three hours. It's insane. <laughs> I just love it. Someone who does not get enough attention in that movie, Kyle fucking Chandler. Love Kyle Chandler. Opportunity Great. is everything. Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. Scorsese was probably well, like 75 when he made it. Yeah. That is not the movie of a 75-year-old man. Not at all. Love it. I, t- I love that movie, too, and I have also a strange relationship to that movie because I hated it the first time I saw it. Really? Yeah. That's fair. Didn't, it's so much overload. It, it, I was just like, I w- but it, I wasn't even having fun. Yeah. And I go, what's the point of all of this? Right, right. And then I saw it a second time, and I was laughing. Yeah. And then I saw it a third time, and I just couldn't get enough. John like, Bernthal, where's, yo, where's ketchup? Can I get some ketchup? <laughs> Everything about it, you're right, it cooks. Yeah. Like, the more that I've watched it, the more that I fell into what it was. Let him watch. Yep. Eight for you. Eight. Midnight in Paris. What that movie has is a very singular magic to it that the makes word. me think of you. Yeah. Magic yeah. is the word that I wrote. It's, the, it's how I feel. I think if there's one movie that is magic, it's yeah. that movie. And it, um... And the darling Marianne, again. Oh, my God. Oh. She's just fucking perfect in that I love everyone in is that. perfect they Owen are. Wilson is perfect yeah. in that movie he has got just that right amount of like child wonderment yeah. yeah that translates with his charisma and his his ease yeah yeah and to go on this ride right which is ridiculous yeah but you believe it. You do. You and just go along you just go along yeah. and it's just so much fun and it taught me a lot about writing that 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 movie let me know that, that that okay if I want something to happen, I'm just gonna go with just it and trust it. that yeah. you know if if I say it then the audience will follow yeah or not but or yeah, not if but they yeah. they get to choose to go along for the ride yeah um number eight Phantom Thread oh I knew Paul this Thomas was gonna Anderson. be on the list it's got to be on there 
I'm seeing a lot of best of decades, seeing the master pop up more for Anderson. That's fair. I love the master. Nothing against it at all. Phantom Thread was, whoa, hot take one, if not the only like good movie I saw in 2017 that really, there were some good ones, three billboards, Shape of Water, one best picture, like, okay, fine. But that one really got a hold of me. And when it ended and the title card comes up at the end too, and you're just pushing in on them and they're like together, I started, I just started weeping. I put my hand on my heart literally and was like, this, this is just a beautiful fucking movie. I'm so glad we have this guy. Who did it and like you know his cinematographer was booked so he just shot it himself with his group i mean daniel day lewis to me is um it might be my number two daniel day i love him in it i i mean that's a tough call but i that's a whole other podcast but and the scene when he sees his mom this i was gonna say if you could share this because i love this story Okay, which which part? The, you and the connection to this scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we okay, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but that's fine. It's not, yeah, it's not a big deal. So my mother passed away very suddenly and very, I mean, every death is tragic, I guess. It very much out of nowhere in August of 2017, and it was very fucking devastating and very fucking brutal, as you might imagine. You and I made an entire movie about it. Yep. I am alive, which you can watch now for free on Vimeo <laughs> or <laughs> at alexwither.com. Or NicholasDosa.com. So you go through something like that, and it's so sudden, and there's a lot of, uh, it's confusing. You don't know how to figure yourself out. Uh, you went through this with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother and I were very close. It was, so I'm watching this movie, and it's sold out, and it's the Saturday that it came out. I'm sitting there, and he's been poisoned. And he sees his mom, and I see, I see the way that he's talking to her. You know, I miss, I think about you all the time. I wake up crying all this stuff and i went this is this dude the way that he is why he is is because his mom just fucking died Mm -hmm. like she meant so much to him she taught me my craft she did this she he loved her so much and then i assume when we see her that's the age she died at and she looks way younger than he is now so probably lost when he was a little boy and it just it it spurred something within me that i I, I i don't know it wasn't like it didn't make me feel any better, but I started to cry and had yeah. a really good cry for the first time since she died. And it was just like, it's weird how these things can latch onto you and how like things that you go through can inform who you are now and how yeah. trauma can make you. Because the dude is just cycling women out. Yeah. You get you get it very clearly that like this is something that he does. So yeah, it's a pattern. So that's there, there's definitely an emotional component to that movie for me. But yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, yeah, and um, I love that story, and I know that story about yeah, you. I think I texted you like right after I was yep. like, "Because you saw it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and this was something that I loved about you know, I remember when you I loved that movie when I saw it too for yeah. the exact same reasons. But then when you told me that story about your mom, I saw it again, and I loved the movie even more. Yeah, because I knew what it meant to you. And then I like kind of like why we're doing this is to talk about like why these movies mean so the much. The emotional to us. aspect behind it, yeah. Because yeah. you, you can't fabricate that and no. it means something to me now. Right. And like whenever I see that scene, there's no way I'm not gonna yeah. think of that. And yeah. I love that. And um great pick. Thanks. Never Cursed by Johnny Greenwood is the song that plays during that. And that is a trigger song for me on my fucking phone. Like oh. if I need a good cry, go to Never Cursed. Jesus. Um all right, seven for you. Seven. Oh, this isn't You'll never guess this. Okay. Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> wow. So this fucking surprises me for a lot of reasons because we should say 
that you do you have trouble with movies with kids. I don't like you, them. Yeah, you have trouble. <laughs> Fair. We all have our yeah. things. And so this yeah. is a big fucking surprise. It's a big one. And and I'll, I'll say that with the kids thing, um, I have exceptions. I well, actually here, have more exceptions. This, is, exce- one. this yeah. is one of them. Yeah. But I have a few. But in general, I, I usually don't really find mm-hmm. um, kids' stories to be all that appealing to me just personally. But this movie, I felt the childlike imagination mm-hmm. and uh, wonder of these two little kid stars. And I think it, it Wes Anderson's style, yeah. I think, fits perfectly. I, maybe that's how I need to see a story like this. Sure. And um, I just loved all the performances. Yeah. Bruce Willis. I think that might Willis be my favorite Bruce Willis performance. But it's just, and I and I, I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. And um, but this movie just really, um, I just went on the ride. Sim- similar to like you know movies that from start to finish, yeah. just completely hold me the sure. whole entire way. I feel like that's like a, a very rare thing. Yeah. And I and I the reason it's on my list is because I can't deny that that movie had me from beginning to end, and I went through all the levels of what that movie wanted me to do. That, and that that's a huge component to me. Is there a ride? Another big component is is it lasting after I've seen it? Is yeah. it sticking around in my head? That may, you make me want to go rewatch it. I'm, yeah. I need to. I need to go sit down and watch it. It's Fa- my is favorite. That your favorite West? Yeah, I think favorite so. West. Probably still go Tenenbaums, bombs, but I think the first half of Bottle Rocket is the funniest stuff he's done. Yeah, but. Darjeeling okay. for me too. Yeah, I love Darjeeling. And you have to see the short with it, Hotel oh, Chevalier. Yeah, yeah, Does to. it doesn't work as well without? Yeah, I agree. Number seven for me. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Whoa. Quentin fucking Tarantino. There oh, it is. loved it. Loved it. Knew in the midst of watching it that, and it was funny. We just we rewatched this together yesterday <laughs> on Blu-ray. I don't. It, it's just it's fucking perfect to me. It is. I don't talk about a ride. You're sitting. You're hanging. It's cool. Whatever. Cliff Booth. Brad Pitt, one of my favorite performances of the decade. We're, we should say we're recording this. Uh, the Oscars, 2020 Oscars, are going to start in 90 minutes. So we're hoping Brad Pitt takes home a... You're wearing a champion shirt I'm that Brad Pitt wears. shirt that Cliff he wears Booth. in that movie. Yes, yes. So um, my second favorite QT, honestly, yeah. after Pulp. Oh, yeah. man. Which is a huge fucking statement for me because it's always been Pulp, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown. And Hollywood is just in there at number two. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's perfect. What about you? Six. Six. Hell or high water. Great call. Oh, yeah. man. Great call. It, you know, I, I don't really have much to say about this movie other than the way that I've always described it. It's no perfect. Everything about it, like um, the characters, the writing, the sound, the cinematography, the direction, the execution of everything that we see. I, I don't, it, it's a perfect movie for what it is. Yeah, it really is. Just, just for exactly what it is. The, the, the Pine Bridges conversation at the end, it's just yeah. great. I mean, and all I'm thinking is like, dude, their fucking car is buried right there. Yeah. Like it's under the dirt right there. It just the notes of it, it the stakes. I mean, yep. Bridges crying after the sniper shot. Ben Foster, who's great. And so it, good. Did he win? He won the Indy Spirit. He won the Indy Spirit Award for well, that. Well, well deserved. Yep. Pulling out that fucking assault rifle from the car and just yeah. shooting all the guys as they're coming down the street. Yeah. The, yeah. the brotherhood between Pine and Foster was very so believable. good. Very, very believable. And everything was, and even the reasonings they were doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And their plan. Very practical. All, yeah. 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 Like, you can see a lot with these type of movies. You go along with the ride because it's a movie. Yeah. But very few times do you actually see, like, an idea where two guys are going to do something illegal and try yeah. to pull it off. But it actually 
is like, wow, that's actually very practical. And it, I, yeah, love that movie. Uh, six for me, Upstream Color, Shane Carruth. Yeah, 2013. I have a very, very big place in my heart. I reserve a very big place in my heart for someone who makes movies the way that he does. Mm-hmm. He did ev- damn near everything on Upstream Color. I, I, I mean, okay. Produced, wrote, directed, starred in, scored, cinematography. I imagine catering. Yeah. He's never released how much the budget was. I've heard rumors it was like a hundred grand, a hundred fucking grand, and shot it near Austin, I believe. I actually got to interview the guy that plays the sampler, the pig guy, Andrew Sensing. Great guy. I interviewed him for my blog a few years ago, and he gave me some behind-the-scenes stuff on it, but definitely probably my favorite, yeah, my favorite mindfuck movie of the decade. I'm a huge fan of mindfuck films. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. I have such a fun time with that movie. Number five for you. Uh, this is one that I know that we have um, together. Uh, you were never really here. Okay. Far out. Um, Great one. Last so, year, 2018, my favorite. 2018. Floored. I'm going to tell you, I don't have it on my list. Do you do I don't, not. I swear. That, that would have been like 11 or 12. Alex with I know. What the fuck? I know. Oh, my I, God. Rust and Bone knocked it out. I know. Oh. I know. I made a late, a wow. late call. That shocks me. Yeah. That's cool, though. It was going to be 9 or 10, and then I watch, I've watched, i watched, rewatched all of these in the past month. Yeah. And not just these, like 30 of them trying to whittle this down. Rewatched that one. Love it. Nothing against it whatsoever in any capacity, but just didn't make the top 10. Dude, I, that's, I get it. When yeah. I think about all the movies that I have, I'm like, yep, didn't make it. That movie's a fucking experience. It, yeah. it has its own language. It does. It just does. It, yeah. It's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. It really does have its own language. The way that we get to know... Joaquin Phoenix's character is, yeah, it's its own language for sure. And the decisions that are made, how it moves, the sound of that movie is so good. Um, Lynn Ramsey, I love her. And, you know, in this time of um, showing that female directors... You know, I don't think she got enough credit. No, not for at all. it didn't get a big enough push for whatever reason. It, no, it didn't. And I think that she made one of the most well crafted movies yeah. of not just this decade, I think, um of of this, you know, century really. And how the fuck do you bring that in at ninety minutes? And it it's so tight and it just works and it's like there's nothing else that needs to be added. There it, it's oh god. Um favorite Joaquin? I know you like him and Joker. I'm. Ha- that's a very good question. I don't For know me, if I, I have st- an answer yet. I still go master. I think it, I have to. There's he. He is rounding for me. Um, uh, one of the greatest of all time actors. He'll be remembered that way. For yeah, sure. like yeah. We'll we'll be talking about this two three decades from now, and he'll be considered one of the all timers. His his um portfolio of work is just um when i look when i look at it at a whole it's just and he like gained like i'm gonna get the numbers wrong but like 30 pounds for you were never really here and then lost like 60 for joker and then made back to back yeah great number five five for me tree of life terrence malick 2011 yeah and um fun ride with that one kind of a cool evolution criterion released a director's cut recently i like it i i might even like it better it fleshes some things out a little bit more I don't know. I don't have the exact runtime because I think the original is like two thirty. This is probably three. It just you know if you if you set aside the time for it, it's it's an experience. We're, yeah. we're, a lot of these we're talking about are experience movies, and the opening of this before we see the evolution and like the dawn of time is so good. Like basically the sun dies in Vietnam, and you get you know Brad Pitt's getting the call. I don't know. I just I I love this movie. I love it. I think Jessica Chastain again talking about a star making performance. 
that she just comes alive on screen and i never oh, yeah. seen her before in anything and you know like you and i are huge malik fans very big malik fans yeah. very very big uh it's hard to not say that that might be like his most well-made yeah film. It, it is uh thin red line it was close to making my top 10 of all time mm-hmm. i adore that movie but Pound for pound, I mean, Tree of Life, he just, it's its kind of like I watch that and I'm like, this is the reason why he became a filmmaker, yeah. was to make this movie. Yep. And he's made movies before and after, but I think that's why he wanted to become a director. And there's to do that. something about this movie in particular, too, that I, um, after I see any Malick movie, but yeah. for this one in particular, I leave the theater seeing the world. Through him. Through yeah. him. For at least, like, two hours, like, yeah. driving home. I'm in that lens. Yeah, I am absolutely. seeing the world. It, it, it's very, very hard to shake, which is a really cool right. like, thing to say. Love that movie. Excellent pick. Yeah, four for you. Four. Oh, man. The Place Beyond the Pines. It, uh, it, it, it does, it, it's one of those things where after I saw it, I was left in a daze. Um, I did not expect the a movie to be halved the way it was. Me either. I had never really quite seen it done like that. Yeah. And I loved it. Just yep. absolutely loved that we were. And I was like, oh, my God, we are now seeing a completely different story. And one of the coolest things to me is of that movie. And I think it's a very, very hard thing to do for any movie. But the scope of a lifetime of generations um, is done it's so well. Yeah, it really is. You're talking, and the ripple effect of choices. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. feel the length of time goes by and yeah. it's not forced. It's not um it's it's believable yeah. that this much time has passed between generations and the ripple effect. Derek C in France is personally probably my biggest influence as a contemporary filmmaker. I see a lot of that in your writing and your work. Yeah. Um, this is a very good way to organically say that my number four is blue Valentine by oh, Derek C and France. You, you keep saying your thing, your picks and I keep laughing. Cause I'm like, all right, here, that does not to take away anything from pines. I love pines. No, I feel the same way about blue Valentine. Valentine is such a fucking disruption. It is so vicious and brutal. And I love it. Favorite Gosling. I mean, favorite Gosling. Yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. Because the halves of I mean, I mean, I love Have Nelson. I love Pines. Don't get me wrong, but oh my god, and Michelle Williams in that. I liked Michelle Williams in Brokeback a lot. I thought she had a lot of interesting things to do. When I saw her in Blue Valentine, I was like, I believe everything she's doing. I, I yeah, I I love the pain of that movie. There's a lot of fucking pain in there. If you've ever been in a relationship. That's probably hell and to watch. Well, yeah, but yeah. it's it's so visceral and 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 real. I, it, a lot of people have a hard time watching that movie again. Oh, because I, it's very tough. It's very it's tough. Very fucking tough. I can't get enough of that movie. Yeah, me too. I could me watch too. that, which is so weird to say. And I, the the way that I feel about both of them, like yeah. sometimes I'm on his side, sometimes yeah. I'm on hers, depending on where I'm at. That movie really, really is as a mirror to. Um, how you feel at certain points in your life yeah. and where you are in relationships. Um, number three. Oh, man. In so many ways, this can be my number one, but I have it at number three. Oh, boy. Everybody wants some. I knew this had to make your cut. God. Yeah. I will, before you do your remarks, I will, I will always remember this movie because we got to see it together in L.A., and we were two smiling fucking idiots the entire time. I kept looking over at you, and we had these huge smiles 
the whole time. I had no idea what to expect. I never heard of anyone in it. We both love Linkletter. Yeah. So I will always think of you when I think of this movie. It puts a smile on your face yeah. and it doesn't leave. From the second my Sharona kicks off and he yep. turns up the volume and the sound goes up, I'm just smiling. And I think it's because, you know, it's a movie and Linkletter's talked about it. It's youth. Yeah. It's just a completely fun movie. And, and one of the coolest things I think about this movie is that you're talking about 16 characters. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. How the fuck do you define all those people that well? You know who every single one of those you, guys is? You know every single one of them. what their tics are. Yep. You know what makes them happy, yep. what pisses them off. Yeah. Yeah. You see everything with 16 characters. You can't get that in some TV shows that go on for seasons. For four characters. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. But this movie, I just love every second. I could watch it over and over and over. It will Great always pick. make me smile. Number three for me is Somewhere by Sofia Coppola, 2010. Steven Dorff, great underrated movie. Uh, this movie never got enough attention. Love um, this movie. Love Lost it. in Translation made her kind of a star. She won an Oscar for it. And then she made Marie Antoinette, which like, Seems to have more of a cult following after people slept on somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it I, I know it's a tough film patience wise. This was another big disruptor for me because I saw this and it sold out screening opening weekend and people like were getting up at the end and sauntering out and, you know, shuffling and griping and doing all their bitching and stuff. And I'm sitting there fucking glued through the yeah. credits. I mean, Phoenix is still blasting in my head. Uh, the music. I think his he's so complicated and tormented it with like no reason why. And his scene when he's talking to, I guess it's his ex on the phone. He's like, I'm not even a fucking person. And he just breaks down. I, yeah. I love that movie. Love somewhere. This was the movie that you showed me when we first met and we yeah. were in pre-production and um, I was just getting your feelings for movies. Yeah. And, and I was like, give me a DVD. Yeah. And you're like somewhere you've never seen it. I was like, no, and you watch it. I watched it. I, there's no commentary on that, is there? No, she doesn't yeah. do commentaries, I don't think. Um, and I just loved everything. I was the yeah. same as you. Yeah. I was just glued. I felt everything that was going on in, in yeah. every frame. Shout out to Harris Savitas, director of photography, who died way too young. Huge bummer. He did that. American Gangster, Bling Ring, uh, The Game. Uh, Fucking, yeah. So, number two for you. So, number two. So, I have one of these next two in my top ten. And then for the sake of this list, I've switched. Okay, that's fine. So my number two of the decade is Inception. Okay, and that was in your top ten of and all time. And that was my top ten your of number, all time. Yeah, okay, that's um, fair. If you want to hear what I have to say about that movie, listen to the other podcast. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, when I think about it, it's it's uh, it came out in 2010. Yep. Everything about it. Yeah, yeah, floored you. I mean, It just did it for me. That uh, I nothing will ever diminish that first time I saw that hallway sequence with Joseph Gordon-Levitt just you know climbing and I mean, it's like forget chills like I was in a freezer. Yeah, I love Nolan. All right, here we go. Number two for me, Waves. Oh, Trey man. Edward Schultz, Whoa. 2019. Fucking a, the most recent movie. Um, I can't I, believe this. I have Hollywood on here, but which is from July or June to July 2019. Waves came out in November. What to say, I have never in my life seen a movie, and I mean this with respect, I hope I can get this out right, in which I felt that that was the movie I've been wanting to make my whole life. Yeah. And I, the music choices, I have written Be Above It by Tame Impala into scripts. I've written Florida by Frank Ocean, Alabama by Frank Ocean, uh -huh. like all this stuff he's putting in it. 
I Am a God by Kanye West, True Love Waits by Radiohead. And not only was he using these songs, he's using them in the exact fucking way I would have. Yeah. The camera angles, the neon lighting. I mean, it was really a gut punch. And I, the story I have about this movie is that I saw it in East Street Cinema in Washington, D.C., same place I saw Shame, which is a callback to the last episode. <laughs> and I saw this at 11.15 in the morning on a Saturday. And I was going to immediately after see the 1.30 show of Marriage Story. I never heard of Waves. And I was excited but didn't know anything about it. I don't watch previews, so I hadn't seen the preview. I was very excited for Marriage Story. It's like going to be the movie yeah. of the year. I see waves and can barely contain. I cried four times. And then I have to walk in a fucking marriage story oh after. I can't even think. But then the whole time during marriage story, the theater right next door is waves and I can hear the next showing of waves. So I hear all the music and I'm just trapped. Um, definitely in my lifetime, maybe five films have taken hold of me as quickly as this one has. Love everything about it. Please, for the love of God, go see it. It has, a, it has its own language, its own poetry. I will. That one will live with me forever. I. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. I. I watched it again two nights ago. It. It crushes me in the best possible way, and then builds me up in the best possible way. And it is you, like very much so. Like the choices and to to connect and vibe with that. That's what we're all trying to do. Yeah. We're all the, trying to express something so that way we can connect to it. The next fucking thing I make um, will be. I will be watching that during pre-production. I'll be watching that while we film. I'll be watching that during editing for sure. One thing I, I want to say in terms of that, because you just made me think of it, yeah. um, in what we watch when we're about to go to work. Big, it's a, it's very a big important, thing. Very important. Uh, my number four pick, Place Beyond the Pines, mm -hmm. um, the commentary by Derek C. and France on that DVD. Yeah. If anyone likes commentary for movies... I highly recommend that. It's a very good one. I listen yeah. to it every time we're about to do something. Yeah, his Blue Valentine one is good too, but I think yeah. his Pines one is actually better. Um, no good commentaries on my on my list, I don't think so. Well, he does one for Blue Valentine, but... Um, all right, number one. Number one. Of the decade. Of the decade. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, I figured. Yep. I figured. Fuck yep. yeah. It, it's, and I switched these with number two because I, I actually don't know why Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not in my top ten, but it just isn't. Of all time. Of all time. That's okay. So maybe it will be a year it, from maybe now. it will be you know who knows but um i i can just concretely say like there is just no movie that i think i mean utter joy yeah the, it's just it's just an absolute feast for your eyes um the music i've i, I this it you know music is such a big thing in movies yeah but this the choices for these songs and the way they're implemented in the movie just makes you feel so much joy. I don't think it will win for tonight, but it would be nice if this had a shot at winning sound mixing and sound editing. I would love it's it. It's nominated for both, and like the yeah. radio is a fucking character. It's a it huge really is character. Yeah. and you know, there's I saw this movie seven times in theaters. Yes, this you year, did. <laughs> and there is something to be said about a movie that makes you go back and spend money seven, seven times. times. Yes. I would go LA money, LA, LA prices. Money. These are not yeah. cheap movie tickets at the ArcLight. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I would go because I, I I needed a fix. Yeah, get not even talk about the end, which yeah. I will because that to me is the most fun I have ever had in any sequence of a movie ever. One of my favorite, if not my all time, nah, I can't say that, but it's one of my favorite movie going experiences I've ever had. Yeah, number yeah. one of the decade. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Can't can't go against it. And then um if you listen to 
Our last episode, this probably won't come as a surprise, but number one for me of the decade, Shame. Yeah. Directed by Steve McQueen, 2011. It speaks to me on a level that very, very few movies do, but that I will say Waves does. Yeah. And if I, I mean like game well, changer. style. Yeah, because th- those two movies are polar opposite in terms of style and editing and stuff. If I'm a coin, one, one of them's heads, the other's tails. So they both mean an equal amount to me, but Shame... Yeah, has been a huge influence on my filmmaking, on my life. I love that movie. I'm indebted to it. That's what I got. So I I didn't tell you that I was going to do this, but I have a few, I have a few fun things to kind of get to as we wrapped up. I think a few, I I, I wasn't keeping track for yours, but for mine, no films from 2014, 15, 16, or 18. Uh, Nightcrawler was 2014. For you. And then you had, you were never really here from 18. And then you had, everybody wants some from 16. Are you missing any years? Just 15, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't have any from 15. Weak year. I like the Revenant. I had a few from 11. 11 was a great year. Shame, Tree of Life, Drive, Moneyball. So we were talking about this. You wanted to add like an asterisk. Yes, yeah. to try to get one in there. It doesn't mean that this would be number eleven. Yes, necessary. And this can actually be the "What are you watching?" We can. Yeah, do, we can do this. We can do "What uh, are you that's, watching?" That's perfect. This. It's perfect. It fit. You see how I did that? Yeah. Fit perfectly. Well done. Um, well done. <laughs> this is. Will you explain it? Kind of. Yeah, because like uh, you know, when you're doing your top ten of all time, it's it's a little more definitive. It feels uh, yeah. with something like this. It, it's just like there's so many that squeak out that yeah. you're like, oh, how do I not include this? And there's one in particular that I kind of feel like I had like four that I had a hard time with, but mine would be Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, good call, good call. Because um, I I also have never had a more polarizing experience with a movie. I know I've talked a few about like uh, Wolf of Wall Street yeah. and American Psycho in the not, last not podcast. Not liking it at first. Not yeah. liking it first, but I call that an about face. Like you don't like it first, and then you watch it again, and you completely about face and switch your stance and on it. Yeah, th- that was like the swings of yeah. that because I hated that movie. The first I didn't time really I saw like it. it the first time either, and then oh. I lo- and then because I didn't like him. I didn't you, like you're him. Not, it's pretty rare to see like a yeah. total asshole as your lead, yeah. like doing this stuff. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about this guy. But then I'm, I went, oh, that's kind of the thing. Like that's the they thing. chose to make the lead an asshole. Like and, I get it. And then I don't know. Something happened like five years. I would say later. I think I rewatched it in 18. Yeah. I don't know what happened to me in my life that that when I watched it again, I, I sympathize with right, him. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, maybe well, they, it's just the artist. Yeah, we change, and then yep. the movie. The movies stay the same, but we change. Yeah, they, we change, know, and our opinions I, of them change. Yeah, I changed a lot, and I understood him right in a way that I never thought from seeing it that first time yeah. that I could, and I just felt like that switch was such a powerful experience. It was. Like, how do I not include that in my top ten? But here we are. So that is my asterisk for Inside Lewin Davis. Mine is not a movie that a lot of people, when you think of it, you're not going to think that, like, I wouldn't necessarily like it, but it's Warrior. 2011, Ooh. Gavin O'Connor, great, Tom choice. Hardy, Joel Edgerton, and I'm a huge, avid boxing fan. I don't really go in much for MMA. The emotion of that movie hit me so fucking hard that when I saw it, I didn't like it. It hit home for me on so many levels. And then you can, you know, you can go on like Fandango and you know when a movie's going to leave. Like you can see yeah. like this Thursday is going to be its last day. Yeah. So like four weeks later, I'm like, okay, it's Thursday on Friday. It's gone from every theater. So I'm going to go see it. And I just wept the whole time. I, I love the ending using the extended version of About Today by The National. Um, 
I love it. Nick Nolte, like Nick barely Nolte. being able to stand, you know, kind of, oh my God. I, again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's my 11, but that's one that I didn't feel ever got enough attention. Nolte was nominated, which was nice. Um, Should have won, but that's okay. <laughs> and I, I really fucking love that movie. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Top 10 of the decade. We did it. Dead number two. Dead number two. So we'll see you again next time when I promise we'll be doing other things other than lists. All right, take care, everyone. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. You can check out my flicks and my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you find all of Nick's film work. Nicholas Ali does the music for our show. I've made a few music videos with Nick. He's a great guy and we love his tunes. Big thank you to him. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Next episode, we're going to talk about a director Nick and I have equal admiration for, the great Richard Linklater. Really excited about this one. Stay tuned. We have not shared these lists with each no. other. Top 10 of the decade. Excuse me. Top 10 of the decade is going to be. Let me do that again because I burped.